helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. If you don't have diabetes, you probably know someone who does. An estimated 23.6 million people in the United States have diabetes. And according to the Center for Disease Control, it's a major cause of heart disease, stroke, and can lead to other complications. My guest is Margaret Eckler. She is a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Margaret. Tell us a little bit about the Live Well program at Summit Medical Group. Well, the Live Well program is basically a multidisciplinary approach that includes uh, certainly endocrinologists and primary care doctors, as well as specialists as needed. Um, you know, we make referrals to, for eye exams, for foot care, for ophthalmology, um, and then, of course, there there is myself. I'm a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. Um, and I do a lot of the hands-on work with, with patients just in terms of teaching them the diet and uh, talking about exercise, talking about their medications. Um, I, I work with uh, type 1s who are on insulin pumps um, and, uh, we, we, and also pregnant women uh, who have gestational diabetes. Um, so we, we do offer a full range of uh, services related to the management of diabetes. Speaking of diabetes management, tell the listeners a little bit about controlling their blood sugar levels through diet and exercise and medication if necessary. Right. Well, I, I, I like to say that um, the, the order should be exercise and diet, although they're both important. Um, I am a big believer in the power of exercise, and unfortunately that's something that is a difficult sell for, for a lot of uh, people because of, of busy lives and, you know, sometimes disabilities of one kind or another. But I, I really try hard to work with people to find something um, that they can commit to doing on an ongoing basis. Um, we have, I'm not sure you're aware that our program has what's called recognition from the American Diabetes Association, and that is a uh, status that's conferred upon programs who meet a certain very high level of, of quality in terms of their um, provision of uh, diabetes education, and certainly I need to make sure that all the various areas that are considered important in the management of diabetes are discussed and, and mutually agreed upon with the patient. When it comes to self-blood glucose monitoring, Margaret, what do you want people to know about their numbers? Because you hear different numbers and there's products on the market at Walgreens that you can get to help you monitor your blood glucose. What do you think about some of them? And, and tell the listeners how you really monitor your blood glucose. What are the numbers you're looking for? Okay. Well, the, the first thing I want to say is that commercial that says, I don't have to prick my fingers anymore, <laughs> is a little misleading because I get a lot of people asking me about that. And the reason they say that is because you do have to prick your arm instead of your finger. Um, unfortunately, uh, the technology has just not evolved to the point where we can test blood sugar anyway besides getting a drop of blood. Um, or, or something invasive to actually analyze blood. Um, 
But in terms of the uh, what are considered um, reasonable goals for diabetes, and I, I do want to emphasize that this can vary vi- uh, based upon a number of medical issues. So it's always important that people ask their doctor or their diabetes educator what their particular goals are. But in general, um, for people with diabetes, the goals are uh, for a pre-meal blood sugar, the goals would be somewhere between 70 to 80 up to about 130. And the reason I say 70 to 80 is uh, it depends on the kind of medication you're on. There, there's some people who I would not target 70 as the low end of the desirable range because that's a little bit too low. Um, but let's say 80 to 130. And then I also ask people to test their blood sugar two hours after the start of their largest meal of the day. And the goal there is under 180. Um, now, you know, of course, you may see numbers higher than 180 on occasion, but I always um, consider that a learning experience for, for patients because they will learn that certain foods or certainly certain portions are just not working well within their, you know, diabetes management um, efforts because it, they're making their blood sugar too high. Um, I think you asked me about the different meters that are out there. I I like to say that they're all equally inaccurate. (laughs) Um, None of them is a precision instrument. They're meant to be, um, they're, they're meant to give you a trend. And sometimes people get confused and upset by the fact that they test their blood sugar two times in a row and they see two numbers that are, they think, rather different. Um, but the results can vary by certainly as much as 15%, even from one minute to the next. So um, I, I tell people to, you know, don't be too hung up in the actual numbers and, and, and also to uh, use one given meter and don't jump around between meters. Margaret, type 2 diabetes used to be called adult onset. It's not anymore. We're seeing it in children as young as 7 and 8 you know, years of age. And give parents and adults the best advice you can for prevention because it is one of the more preventable and, some, and controllable of the types of diabetes. So give your best advice for prevention and lifestyle management of type 2 diabetes. Sure, sure. Um, I do want to correct one thing that was said earlier, by the way. The CDC just came out with some new statistics about diabetes. And, in fact, there are now 29 million people in this country with diabetes, and there are also 86 million that have prediabetes and are at very high risk to develop diabetes. Um, in, in those rates have increased 10% over the last couple of years. And you're right that a lot of it is seen in children um, who, unfortunately, compared to 20 or 30 or 40 years ago are are much more obese and inactive than they used to be. Um, you know, the thing I find ironic is that I will have uh, maybe some young parents in my office as, as patients, and, you know, one of them has diabetes, and, and I will say, and they're eating, you know, they're eating cookies, or they're eating ice cream, and they're eating chips, and they're eating, you know, stuff like that, which is around the house all the time. And, you know, basically the reasoning is, well, it has to be there for the children. And given that one in three children born nowadays is uh, likely to get diabetes in their lifetime, I think we're sending a very bad message to our children by sort of training them to eating to eat foods that 
in 20 years or so, uh, they're going to be coming to somebody like me who is going to tell them, stop eating those foods. <laughs> so I would rather, you know, what, the, what I call problem foods are not even in the house. Um, they should be sort of occasional treats, but, but not something that we train our children to expect to have around. Um, and the other thing that is, is of paramount importance with children is exercise. Um, we don't really want to go for um, aggressive weight loss um, in children, but what we want to do is sort of keep their weight stable and let them grow into it as they grow taller. Um, and what what is very important is uh, keeping them as active as possible. Try to I you know I don't work with children specifically, but people ask me about their kids sometimes, and I, I always say try to find a sport or activity that they really enjoy, and make sure they're doing it. Ideally, at least an hour a day uh, is, is is the recommendation. So really you're saying that parents have to role model for their children, and if the family eats healthier together, whether one of them has diabetes or not, it will work well for the, all the family members. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think people are, um, you know, when I mentioned the statistic about one in three children developing diabetes in their lifetime, I mean, that really puts it in perspective. Anybody's child is at high risk for developing diabetes. Well, certainly we have this issue in this country where diabetes is just becoming more and more prevalent. So in just the last couple of minutes for us, Margaret, tell the listeners why they should come to Summit Medical Group and get involved in the Diabetes Live Well plan. Well, um, you know, certainly the the big overarching reason is to, to live healthier and um, hopefully reduce the risk of any long-term complications. But I always like to say to patients, you know, in, in my book, the best reason to do a lot of these, these things we recommend is because you will feel better day to day. You'll have more energy. You'll have more, uh, better perspective on, on, on life in general. And, you know, to me, that's its own reward. Um, I, I want to also highlight just for a moment the number of people, uh, and I, I do see a lot of people, too, with prediabetes. Um, we can, we can uh, maybe not totally prevent diabetes, but we certainly can reduce the risk. And I think it's very important that people who have tested with a high blood sugar come in and, you know, seek some, some care and meet with somebody like me to help uh, reduce the risk of actually becoming diabetic. Because once you have diabetes, that is forever. You, you can't, you can't uh, go back on that diagnosis. Thank you so much, Margaret Eckler. The Diabetes Live Well Plan at Summit Medical Group provides outstanding medical and educational services for adults with diabetes and the family members who care for them. For more information about the Diabetes Live Well Plan, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. You're listening to SMG Radio. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.